Hello, my friends. Behind me is uh, the evidence of either a, a beautiful mind or a great idea. <laughs> I always remember when I saw that movie, Beautiful Mind, and I had friends of mine that were uh, was looking at all my crazy diagrams afterward, and they said, Lance, uh, are you getting enough sleep? The truth is, I just did a teaching, and I, and I don't have the ability to erase this board fast, so I just kept on layering and layering and layering. And I want to get it to you, because it's designed for 20 apostolic leaders, key ministry leaders in a private meeting that's happening, and I couldn't attend it, so I'm doing a 20-minute special uh, analysis of how I see that spirit, uh, spiritual warfare breaking out, how the political and the spirit of Antichrist is coming against the church, and how yet we're living in a community where there's secular uh, factors, from media to arts to school to business. How does this come together so that the Christian can navigate in the complexity of end-time warfare? And so I have a 20-minute message, which is really, I think, I know we just decided in the staff, I wish I could make this available for everyone, so we're going to make it available for you. And in fact... It's so powerful that I want you to get a hold of the, the, the teaching behind it, how you can find your place in a thing called microchurch, which is a small group within the field that you're called to go into. It could be a lifesaver having a prayer group that is literally surrounding you in prayer while you're adventuring off into new territory. I want you to go ahead and, and get a hold of lancewalnut.com forward slash rise. That's lancewalnut.com forward slash R-I-S-E. This is the rise of sheep nations. This is the, the seven mountain material uh, that I put together that has the essence of this message. Every one of you is called to be part of an overcoming church. Every one of you is called up to go up against the gates of hell in some way. And I believe this teaching will help you do it. LanceWallet.com forward slash rise. And let's get into this special uh, teaching I did for this group. God bless you. I count it as a great privilege to be able to talk to the leaders that are gathered together today. And, uh, and I would make it a priority to be personally at your future meetings. I can't always go to some countries. It's interesting in the context of what I want to talk about, that the era has changed, and I actually cannot be certain that I'm going to be able to go into certain parts of the world because of the power of the ideas that we're dealing with here. Ideas that, oddly, oddly enough, I think uh, in many cases the left in the United States are more aware of the potency of the church than the church is. And so they're hovering nervously all the time about what the church is capable of doing. And for the most part, we're just peace-loving, shofar-blowing, courts of heaven praying, blessing, healing, revival-focused people. But the devil doesn't see you that way. The devil sees you as a potential governmental force. Isn't it interesting that Jesus did say, if I go back to his original, original thesis in Matthew 16, verse 18, and I also say to you, Peter, that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Where is the church supposed to be located? Now, the Seven Mountains is, is such a familiar idea, but I really don't... The reason it keeps coming back is because it's a powerful template that simplifies a complex uh, anatomy of conflict in the end times. And what we know is that these vertical structures, these vertical hierarchies that, that Satan wants to dominate, there is definitely... We'll put a, a nation in the background... There's definitely a vertical place for the church. 
And even the church itself says, well, we're not supposed to be involved with the affairs of this life. Well, that's great for the pastor and the preacher and the deacon. But what happens to the person who's actually called over here into government? Or the person who's called over here into media? Or the person who's called over here into business? How are they supposed to be living their life as disciples of Christ? Are they supposed to be separated from the world and not make a living, not influence media? Obviously, we know that that isn't the case, but I just want you to see how ideas kind of get simplified when you utilize a template to see how does this fit. So we have uh, the education game going on big time. What's a, what's a teacher supposed to do? What's a parent supposed to do? What's a student supposed to do? When you have transgender ideology being christened as part of the curriculum that your child is getting exposed to. You see, what's happening is the gates of hell, which I've maintained and I think our whole group agrees, the gates of hell primarily operate at the top of these influence structures, obviously for good reasons. These are the, the high places. Those individuals that have the greatest degree of influence are gatekeepers. The gatekeepers are people. And if we're supposed to be, as Benjamin was promised in Genesis, you're going to meet your enemies at the gates, or if you're going to uh, sit with your enemies at the gates, or if you're going to, uh, as Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And the question is, how does this over here impact that over there? And if we don't impact that over there, how soon before the eyes of uh, the uh, system start looking at us and start to make us the final mountain of conquest and acquisition. And that's, of course, we go to our, where do we go? Christians typically go to their theology. Well, Lance, we're going to go up. The rapture's happening any day. Well, that's, that seems to be a kind of a convenient solution to this dilemma. We expect the gates of hell not to be assailed by the church. The ecclesia does not go up against the gates of hell. But even more formidable is this question. If that's where the gates of hell locate, they concentrate, uh, I call it the gates of hell are really the gates of influence. It's the influence they have within the education sector or within a government system or a department of justice. Uh, it's the influence they have in the HR department of the corporation that goes woke at Target or wherever. It's, uh, oh, I've neglected here my, my, actually, you know what I've done now? I've combined arts and media, and I've made this one science and technology. You know why? Ever since the whole world got locked down with COVID, I said, you know what? Media, Tucker Carlson is actually more of a, an opinion journalist with 60 million downloads. We're no longer in the era of media. We're just in the era of competing worldviews using news as a platform to propagandize our viewpoints. Let's, let's be honest about it. Media and arts is now combined. Entertainment is what media does under the guise of information. But science and technology has now emerged when Yuval Harari made the audacious statement that science is the new religion, the new God. Why? Because when it told churches and synagogues and mosques to shut down, they all complied because science is the new deity walking the corridors of knowledge. I said, brother, you get your own mountain now because we have to have our believers that are able to resist the tyranny of science 
falsely so-called, as the Apostle Paul would say. So here's our, our seven arenas. Got our family over here and church over here. Uh, the church, the Jewish people, the family and church uh, really see themselves as a separate entity. These are the cultural mind molders that were the gates of hell. If they can get world health policy forcing you to get your vaccination and, uh, and maybe even that vaccination at some point can become a governmental way of keeping track of you, track and vax, knowing where you are. And if you're congregating with a group of people in, in contradiction to the laws of health, do you see how quickly this, this fragments into every end time scenario we grew up with, with our late great planet Earth dictatorship, the mark of the beast, one world economic system. It's all, this, the capacity's there. So we got a choice. The rapture is going to happen any day, Brother Wall, now. Persecution's coming, but we're going to be out of here. Well, what if it doesn't work out like What if Jesus has a more ambitious project in mind? What if when he comes back and he gathers together these nations, there are going to be sheep nations and goat nations? I fully expect this to be another domain that will be attacked vigorously by Christians, not by the secular. Because what this implies is that maybe the gates of hell can be prevailed against by the ecclesia. So let's take this model we have here and let's, uh, let's shift it around a little bit. Let's say that this is the, uh, the local church and this over here is the universal church. Hate to turn my back to you, but this is what I got to do. Let's say that this is what Peter Wagner called the nuclear church, and this is the extended church. You see what I'm doing here? A little sleight of hand. I'm saying that we meet here, but that our power structure is distributed throughout the community. Why? Because if this is where the gates are, then this is where I'm going to draw a little, uh, I guess I'll draw a little square with a cross. Okay. This is where, oh, look at this. We're supposed to be in proximity to where the gates of hell are located. Well, that makes sense to me. We should be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Isn't that the promise of Abraham? We should be raising up a generation where Christians are actually in proximity to the gates of hell, not hiding out from it with their hands folded, waiting for the end time harvest and the end time rapture as our great plan for our children and grandchildren, God forbid, it's delayed, and they have to live in the shadow of North Korea or communist China or an Islamic Republic. You get my drift? Or, or, or a, I'm sorry to say, a Democrat totalitarian government that labels Christians and Catholics, pro-life Catholics in particular, as terrorists. That's what you've got with the modern Democrat Party in America. That's species of insanity. So now where does, if you look at this unfolding argument here, these individual hierarchies do have a hierarchy, and the hierarchy goes based upon credibility, and there's a certain, you know, currency of credibility that qualifies you to go to the top of those mountains. Over here, it's how much money you're making. Uh, over here, it could be your research Nobel Prizes and your, and your credentials as a scientist. Over here, it's how many people are watching you in terms of media, or how many people are, are paying, how much money and how many eyeballs you're getting for your audience. Over here, it's how many votes and constituencies are deliverable that put you in office. Over here, it's the uh, prestige nature of the academic uh, or institution you're with, your Harvard, Princeton, Yale, blah, blah. 
And, uh, and even though that's, that's lost and been tarnished in the last 10 years by wokeness, it still carries the cachet of the idea that each one of these mountains is organized in terms of a hierarchy. Even so, in the group, the group that's gathered here. So, okay, you got our Heidi Bakers and our Jim and our, and our Bill Johnsons, and our, we, have our, we have our own way of evaluating the currency of credibility within our group. And the only people that can ascend to the top are people that are invested with a certain level of that credibility based on the currency and denominator of that hierarchy. So if you're doing Academy Awards and you're getting, you know, certain kind of our music awards or something like that, uh, well, that's, that's recognition in the arts mountain. So every mountain has its own currency. God says, I want my people to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We should be training our people to be the multi-billionaires, to be the tech innovators, to be the artists. And it's getting harder and harder to do that because as we have given more ground to the gates of hell, Christians have, are being a persecuted, conservatives are being an isolated minority, and the pressure to conform is stronger than ever before. I got eight minutes to make a very important point. What's the new model from here going forward? Well, I believe that the end, the end game is sheep nations versus goat. What's a goat nation? Goat nations are going to be assimilated into a beast system. They will give up their sovereignty. I encourage all of you to start to look at language in the secular as red flags and triggers for you to be able to start thinking, oh, 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 I know what that is. The nation's sovereignty, its ability to have its own borders, control of its own laws, uh, a common language and a common history and a shared value system, that's what creates sovereignty. What the beast system wants to do is stop your sovereignty and assimilate you into the orbit of the like the Communist Party, where some hierarchy above you, the Illuminati, will tell you what you do, where you live, how you work. You own nothing, but you'll be happy. So Klaus Schwab has his version of this for the socialist European. China has one other version for it. I'm sorry, the, the progressive Democrats with their LGBTQ form of cultural Marxism will collapse into socialism that ends up in communism, a tyranny of a very bizarre sort with our sordid cultural um, adaptations. So it's hate speech then to preach your Bible, you see. And you're going to have to really be underground in these places. So let me, let me stop here and say, in the Bible, does it give us a clue as to how believers can be the head and not the tail, above and up beneath, and be an ecclesia in the middle of the Babylonian system? And ironically, we can go to Daniel chapter 2, and this encourages me, as the Lord was showing me, well, you may have to... Uh, you may have to put together a couple of different concepts here for this to work. We're not here yet, thank God, in the West. I mean, you just got Gert Wilder just won in the Netherlands. Boom, populist movement, conservative ideas pushing back. You could say the sheep nations are rising in Argentina right now. They just elected a sheep nation uh, president. Boom, vocally, Donald Trump looks like he's going to, he could possibly be president again. You're going to have, you're seeing sovereign nations that are standing up for their own rights, for free enterprise and, and genuine freedom of speech, you're seeing those nations push back on the system, and God may be giving us a period of a breakthrough. If there is a global harvest and an outpouring, thank God, of the Holy Spirit before Jesus comes back, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, then that great and terrible day of the Lord, I'm looking for that outpouring. I'm going to suggest to you, it's to fortify the sheep nations, because they will be there. They're going to be standing before Jesus. Matthew 25, I'm going to gather all the nations together. When I sit on my glorious throne, my millennial kingdom, 
gather them and separate them into whether or not they were persecuting my people. That'll be their relationship with Israel, the Jew, and the Christian. They will persecute. These people will not. They may be in the minority, but they'll be there. So Daniel comes along. I'm going to have to go over here. I'll draw a little line here for my board. Let's take a look at uh, Babylon. In Babylon, in that terrible uh, place of Babylon, the Jewish people were under the judgment of God and were dispersed into Babylon. But I want you to look at this. In Babylon, according to chapter 2 of uh, Daniel, we have Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So we're going to do plus three. And the Bible says, let's read this together. He's in Babylon, and, he, and he's, he's, he's in a threat of government annihilation because they're looking for the evidence that these people are actually supernatural, that they can hear God. Daniel went in in verse 16 and asked the king to give him a little time that he can give him the interpretation of the dream he had. And Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, to Mishael, and to Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret. And look what happens next. That they might not perish with all the other wise men of Babylon. And then the secret was revealed to Daniel at night. The thing I want you to catch is, Daniel is in Babylon in the government mountain and he has his ecclesia, his ecclesia, what I call the micro church. We're living in the era of many mega churches, all local churches aspire to be bigger and grow stronger. No problem with that. But the universal church, the extended church, must look after the micro model. The micro church model means that there's small groups invested with extraordinary power to be able to ascend the hill of the Lord, come up within proximity to the gates of hell. And from that position, they seek mercies of the God of heaven, and God gives them the believer's edge, the gifts of the Spirit, the favor of God, the intervention of angels, all of the hosts of resources we always talk and preach about make a lot of sense because Daniel, in that place there, while he's with his three companions, ends up getting the revelation necessary to, boom, go to the top of the He not only interprets the dream, he and his friends get promoted, ironically, to sit at the gate is what it's going to take him to. When Daniel is finished with that promotion, the Bible says the king promoted him to the gate. So I'm suggesting to you, if you go to, uh, and I thought, Lord, is there something like this in the New Testament? In Acts chapter 12, when Peter gets arrested, I'm talking about church and government. I, could, I almost got to redo my map here because I really think it's the church versus the government. More and more, it's going to be the consolidation of power where the government controls the media, the government controls the education, the government controls the corporations, the government controls, and the church over here. We don't want this fight. But there can only be one ruler, and the government sees itself as the ultimate authority. The problem with the church in every nation is it sees God as the ultimate authority, and we try to submit, we try to cooperate, we try to avoid conflict. But at some point, if it's a demonic antichrist spirit, it will force you to bow the knee, at which point you have martyrs, you have persecution, you have jails, you have people fleeing. Let's be good shepherds and good leaders and see the future and prepare our people. What we need to do is have strong, vigorous local churches that are pre preparing our people. The church 
should really be an apostolic church that is encouraging our people in the areas of their career where we have been blessed with leaders that are in business or in media or in government or in the schools, whether they're teaching, we should be encouraging them to create and we should help curate for them micro groups, ecclesias, because an ecclesia isn't just the local big church. The local big church isn't the ecclesia that goes up against the gates of hell. It does it indirectly because look at where, you, where the gates are located. Church doesn't go strutting in down here to the media and say, hey, rewrite that article. But it can have journalists, it can have media outlets, it can have the Daily Wire, it could have Matt Walsh, it could have all kinds, it could have Steve Bannon with War Room or Rob Sigu owns the, the, the channel. And they become the media outlet. What are they? They're the Melchizedek priesthood of kings and priests that are out there in the marketplace. They're the head and not the tail, they're above and not beneath. They have the excellent spirit that puts them at the top of their mountain. What I'm saying is, we got to bring our apostolic game together, our A game. Then the prophets are really doing something better than what we're doing now, which is becoming like a YouTube sensation, predicting the next thing for the election. Let's stop that. Let's get the apostolic and prophetic together with strong apostolic hubs that are invading these spheres in the various states that we're in. That's why right now I'm focusing on seven swing states, 19 key counties, going into those areas with rallies, to identify the leaders in the body of Christ that have proximity to these places of influence and helping them form their ecclesias, their apostolic hubs need to rise up to support our people in the mountains. And we should really be, and if we do this well, we're creating a perimeter out here of greater influence because that's how you disciple nations. Go make disciples of nations, teaching them. How are you going to teach them? Well, Brother Lance, we have a big outpouring and a big revival. Here's the fantasy of every preacher. God's going to just move in such a way that we're going to have millions of people coming into the church and ooh, how about go into all the world rather than them come to you? This is the model, folks. Anyway, I welcome your thoughts and your feedback. You guys know how to get a hold of me. Um, freedom at LanceWallNow.com and just uh, put uh, Summit on the subject line apostolic summit on the subject line so that my staff will, will get me uh, what you send me. But I mean, this is it, folks. This, I know it looks crazy <laughs> when you look at it all at one time. But if you look at his layers, we have a blueprint for Babylon. We have a blueprint for the Ecclesia, the microchurch in the government mountain. We have the blueprint, therefore, for every mountain where there's influence. We have an understanding that apostolic prophetic hubs should be working with helping these churches. And if they're really apostolic, they should be a group of churches working together to assess the battle map of what they got to do in their city or their state. And oh, will God bless the, that coalition of leaders that will move in unity to so advance the kingdom in their territory. Hope this has been helpful. Oh, the, the verse for Acts 12 is when Peter gets arrested. He's arrested and the Bible says in uh, verses one through five, the church prayed for him because James was killed. Peter would be next. But what happens? Interesting. He goes to a house when the angel gives him a jailbreak. He goes to the house, the ecclesia, a group small enough to fit into a first century house. And in the house, the people that make up his ecclesia are praying together. I suggest a pyramid structure. We fellowship and are friends with so many people. But we have, um, let's say we have uh, fellowship with many, but we're friends and close and more intimate 
with a smaller group within that fellowship. But the group that you have covenant with will, will go to war for you when you're locked up in your jail cell. That's the ecclesia that you identify with. So with that in mind, let me pray for you and pray for me. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. These leaders that are gathered that have such centers and spheres of influence, I pray that these words, the portion of it that is inspired by you will just pierce their heart and explode in their consciousness and that they will add back to all of us insight onto how to do these things. I know Cheon sees this and is advancing in this vision with microchurch and apostolic hubs. I'm asking you, Lord God, for a, a move of God in the midst of us to be the pioneers, the pathfinders, the trailblazers that can begin to model these things. And Lord, visit us in the night season, visit us in the day season, open our eyes and cause the blueprint of Zion to become real to us in this critical year. In the power of Jesus' name, would you bless us, Lord, with the revelation that would become the rock we could stand on. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there are stories in the Bible that are actually so amazing. Imagine if God gave you a dream and he said to you, ask me anything that you wish and I'll give it to you. Well, that actually happened. Solomon asked for wisdom and God gave him wisdom. Suppose God was to ask you if you wanted the ability to open up heaven with your prayer life so that you could come up into this very presence and see his plan and his purpose and his detailed blueprint for what you're called to do. And then suppose God added to that and said, and I'm gonna give you the power over every demon and earthly circumstance that gets in your way when you want to administrate that vision. I'm gonna give you kingly power and priestly access to the throne of God at the same time. That's the end time move of God, folks. It's called the Melchizedek spirit. Jesus comes to us, the Bible says, in a new order, it's called the Order of Melchizedek. We've seldom seen it manifest in the church, but it's showing up now, where God is giving to his people the royal priesthood authorization to be able to see what heaven wants to do, pray prevailing prayers, and administrate that prayer right over the works of hell. We're seeing amazing answers to prayer. We're seeing new testimonies happen every day. I want you to get this special teaching, lancewallet.com forward slash mel, that's short for Melchizedek, LanceWallet.com forward slash Mel. You don't want to miss it. This is fresh revelation, hot off the press. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.